Hello and welcome to the Revelation Podcast and my name is John and I hope that you've been enjoying the series Jesus in Exodus and we are at part 8 and we will be looking at the first plague when God turns the Nile into blood and to begin there I want us to go to Revelation chapter 16, verses 3 and 4. And this is about the second bowl and the third bowl that God's angels will pour on the earth as an expression of God's wrath towards its iniquities. And I'm reading from ESV. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea. And it became like the blood of a corpse. And every living thing died that was in the sea. The third third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers. And the springs of water, they became blood. After the tribulation and the rapture, God will pour out his wrath on the earth with the seven trumpets and the seven bowls. Two of the seven bowls are a reflection of the first plague in Egypt. Bowl 2. The angel poured its bowl onto the sea, and it became like the blood coming from a dead body. Everything in the sea died. In Exodus chapter 7, verse 21, we read, And the fish in the Nile died, and the Nile stank, so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile, There is blood throughout all the land of Egypt. Bowl 3. The angel poured its bowl onto the river and the spring waters that turned into blood. In Exodus chapter 7 verse 19, And the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their rivers, their canals, and their ponds, and all their pools of water, so that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, even in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. In Exodus, God judged Egypt. And in Revelation, He judges the whole world for His iniquities against Him. About the ten plagues in Egypt. There were judgment against Egypt and her gods. The first plague against the Nile River was against its god, Osiris, the god of the Nile. Throughout Exodus, we see God's judgment on Egypt and its gods. Exodus chapter 7 verse 4. Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my host, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. Exodus chapter 10 verse 2. And that you may tell in the hearing of your son and of your grandson on how I dealt harshly with the Egyptians and what signs I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord God. In Exodus chapter 12 verse 12. For I passed throughout the land of Egypt that night, 
and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. You see, Jesus in Exodus, he is Yahweh. And in the first plague, we see that he begins his judgment on them. Now remember, he gave them opportunity. And yet Pharaoh's heart hardened. Now, I want to take a look at Egypt's god of the Nile, Osiris. Now, the information I got was from Wikipedia. And I did some research. And to be honest, I don't want to go in a whole lot of detail. I don't want to debate on what is what because it doesn't really matter. Osiris is probably buried somewhere in Egypt. You could still find his body. Some god. Not even a god. Well, anyway, the Egyptians called him God of the Nile. And now I'm making quotation marks with my fingers. God of the Nile. Supposed to rule the underworld that judged the dead and gave life to all. Now, he was not just a god of the Nile. He had other titles. Must have been quite popular. Was also god of fertility, agriculture, and the afterlife. Egyptians based their gods on what they see nature do. With the Nile, it was a source of their life. With the river, it gave them rich soil and it allowed them to grow vegetables quickly and yearly. In the wintertime, it rains. The Nile also provides Egypt plenty of water to drink, bathe, and it provides them fish to eat. Well, with the first plague, God shuts down the Nile with blood. It lasts for seven full days. And we see that in the last verse of Exodus chapter 7. When God pours his bowls on the earth, it will be judgment on the entire earth for its iniquities. The Nile is the world's largest river. And God turned the Nile into blood with Aaron's rod. In Exodus chapter 7 verse 20. Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servant. He lifted up the staff and struck the water in the Nile and all the water in the Nile turned into blood. And with God turning the Nile into blood and all the waters from their ponds, their rivers, and to their baths. Egypt was filled with blood. In Exodus chapter 7 verse 21, we see what it did. And in the, in the fish in the Nile died, and the Nile stank, so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. And through verse 21, we see the fish died. God took away 
the Egyptian source of food with fish. The river stank, and so it was hard to breathe in Egypt. They could not even drink the water, even though they tried to dig around it. They could not bathe because it's in their pools. And the first plague hardened Pharaoh's heart. Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded, and the Nile turned into blood. We see the first plague that God did. God, through Moses and Aaron, turned the Nile River into blood. And that's the reflection of the judgment that will be coming into this world. In Revelation, we read about the seven trumpets and the seven bowls. Those are the wrath of God that will be on this world for its iniquities. And in verse 20, Moses and Aaron did what the Lord commanded. They were led by the Lord. Now, in the Old Testament, God led people by His Spirit. He anointed prophets and kings so that they can deliver the message to His people. And His people followed that. Well, Jesus came. And he is the new covenant. We get our names written in the book of life when we are born again. We are born again when we are born of water and of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives and it regenerates our spirit like Moses and Aaron our body is made up of three parts it's made up of physical body it's made of the soul and it's made of the spirit now, a lot of Christians have misconceptions of the Holy Spirit because it has not taken the time to read the Word. It's very confused. They think that when they think or feel something within them that the Holy Spirit is communicating to them and that is not true and to see that we could go into Romans chapter 8 verse 16 Romans chapter 8 verse 16 and it says the spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We have 
the inward witness, the Holy Spirit. And from there, go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. And I'll go down into verse 12. Uh, I'll just go verse 12 on it. So we see from those two passages of 1 John chapter 5, verse 10, and Romans chapter 8, verse 16, that the Spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, when we are born again, the Spirit regenerates our spirit. And that part of the body is our new creature. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And this part, I'm going through King James Version. And Paul says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, that means been born again, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The old thing that will pass away is our tent, our body. The thing that is new is our spirit. The new man has the eternal life and the nature of God by the Holy Spirit. The new man is a safe guide. In other words, our spirit leads us by the Holy Spirit. Now how can we tell from our spirit with our soul? Now some may still think that soul and spirit are the same thing. And that's not true. And I can prove that. If you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. In the very God of peace. And the God of peace that Paul is referring to is the Holy Spirit. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. The Holy Spirit sanctify us holy. And I pray God your whole. And this is what makes our whole entire body. After Paul writes whole, he writes spirit and soul and body. You see that right there? What makes us whole are three things spirit the new man soul where our thoughts and emotions lie and our body that is our 
temple to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in our temple. And to see more on how there's a difference between the Holy Spirit, I mean, how the difference between our spirit and the soul, we go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, we see that the word is like a double-edged sword and that it penetrates beyond our body. And the unknown author writes, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharp than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Our thoughts and our feelings lie in our soul. And the word divides between our soul and spirit. Now, so, what is the difference between spirit, soul, and body? With my body, I contact the physical realm. I'm connected to earth with my physical body. Without it, I cannot connect. With my spirit, I connect to the spiritual realm with the Holy Spirit. With my soul, I connect into the intellectual realm. And we can see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. For, now let's just talk about tongues. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. See, you could pray in your soul. What we pray in our soul is things that we understand. Like, you know, we pray for our health. We pray for our family. Things that we need, we pray for. We know those things because that is in our thoughts with our soul. But when we pray in spirit, in the tongue, we don't know it. Our understanding of it is unfruitful. And before that verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 13, Wherefore, let him that speaketh in a known tongue pray that he may interpret. When I pray in tongue, my spirit prays. My mind that's in my soul will not understand. I understand the purposes of praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is for unbelievers and not so much for believers like prophecy. Praying in tongue is for my spirit. So we see that in our bodies, we have a body. 
we have a spirit and we have a soul. Now, our soul is where our emotion and thoughts lie. You know, what we think and what we feel, that's our soul. Now, our spirit is where the Holy Spirit lies. And so, we are led by the Spirit through our spirit. Moses and Aaron were led by God because they had the Spirit of God upon them. God communicated to them through His Spirit. And they were able to listen to the Spirit, which is why they were able to do what God wanted them to do. Now, it's so important for us. I mean, if you really want to get down to the bottom of how can I be led by the Spirit? Well, you have to get into the Word daily. You know, Jesus was right that His Word is our spiritual food. It is the bread of eternal life. It's what gets our spirit strong. Now, the spirit already has the word of truth in it. And it's where our soul has control over everything. Our soul is going to decide whether it's going to follow the spirit or rather it's going to be following the body. Now, in Galatians chapter 5, Paul says that we should walk in our spirit and not according to the flesh. And the way that we walk according to the flesh is by what we put in front of us. Like things that make us feel good. This world that we live in has a way to deceive us by at first making us feel good sensationally. And as Christians, we look at that and we feel that's not that bad. So we give birth to sin. And that sin grows and it leads us to death. Along the death trail, it continues to seize us by getting us to think that it is okay. So we have a habit of living in the flesh and we misunderstand and we think that because we feel or think something that we are led by the Spirit. Now, our Spirit Spirit is the new creature. Our body is still the same. And so, for us to begin to lead with the Spirit, 
we have to get into the word daily. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but with the word renew your mind. And I am misquoting that verse. I don't have this. Yeah, here we go. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. King James Version. And be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew our mind is keeping our conscience from searing when we don't. You know, so we have to fill our mind with the word. Else, the world will sear our conscience. It's our conscience that the Holy Spirit communicates to our spirit. And it's within our soul that we decide whether we're going to walk in the flesh or we're going to walk in the spirit. Now, there's a difference of just being born of the Spirit versus being full of the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18, Paul tells the church in Ephesus, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And filled in Greek is continuous action. There's a continuous flow nonstop. You know, an alcoholic does not have one drink and it's done or when it's drunk it stops drinking it continues to drink it continues to fill itself and that attitude should be the same way when it comes to the spirit we should not just want to be having the spirit as being born in the spirit but we should want to be filled in the spirit when we are filled in the spirit that's when we are connected our souls are being led by our conscience our flesh of heart that we receive when we are born of the spirit and you know for that to grow for our spirit to grow we have to feed on the word daily So, that's one of the main reasons I am doing these podcasts. Because I pray and hope that people listen to this will be encouraged in wanting to read the word more for themselves. So, we could be like Moses and Aaron who were connected to God with the Holy Spirit upon them. Now, the Holy Spirit came upon them. It didn't dwell in them because Christ has not come until the New Testament. When Christ came, you know, he baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when he left the world, the Holy Spirit came down and it regenerated their spirits so that they could be led by the Spirit. And the function of the Holy 
spirit in this world is to dwell in Christians so that it can lead them. That's why we no longer have to go before a priest like people did in the Old Testament. You know, we have the Holy Spirit. We could be led by the Spirit. And it's not necessary that we have to have approval from another person. Now, in the next podcast, I will continue on with Jesus in Exodus. And we will go on to the next two plagues. The plagues of the frogs and the plague of lice. I look forward to doing that with you guys. And actually, you know, yeah. But you know what? I might do the whole entire chapter. Right now, I'm looking at Exodus chapter 8. And it just makes sense to go through the whole entire chapter. So, in the next podcast, I'll be going through three plagues instead. I'll be going through the plague of the frogs, the plagues of the lice, and the plague of flies. Well, I do thank you guys for taking the time of clicking the play button, and I hope that you enjoyed.